Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the Sunday, November 29th broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. How are you tonight? Oh, man, you know, we've been dancing the last uh, 15 minutes here. Um, Lectures, <laughs> they went out, and computer went out, and um, thank goodness that we uh, are going on our fourth year next month, so... Um, it we just seems like a weeks ago that you told me it was our third year. <laughs> We're ending our third, going on our fourth. That's wow. That yeah, but um, listener, how was your first of all, Annette? How was your Thanksgiving? It was lovely. We went to my brother's house, and his wife made a lovely dinner, and the kids were good, and we had a nice time. How about good. you? It was. Uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, it's been every day since, you know, Thanksgiving and till tonight has been a little hectic. Um, Friday night I had a light um, house party to do, and then Saturday was the Christmas lights outside, the holiday lights outside, and today was uh, 1,600. How many lights? Outside, um, I don't, not as many, believe it or not, there's more on our Christmas tree inside than there is outside probably. Um, fifteen, yeah, sixteen hundred lights on the one on the tree inside, and I'm wondering why the electricity's going out. Okay, so uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. overload of the system. <laughs> mm, yeah, probably all on one thing too, but um, yeah, the lights, TV, you know, computer, everything going at once, and okay, so we're not Macy's, but hey. We shine just like them. Uh, listeners, tonight our guest will be Chicago's Paranormal Detectives of the new A&E's TV show, Paranormal Caps, and we will get to their, them in a couple minutes. But I have, being and I have uh, some uh, business to pass along to all of you, okay? First, a big shout-out to all those listeners that have made our show a favorite of theirs and also have become friends of the show. Um, also, shout-out shout out to Paranormal Casebook, a daily paranormal email newsletter at paranormalcasebook.com, and also to Haunted America Tours um, at hauntedamericantours.com. They are publishing basically anything we do right now, and that's so um, definitely got to give them a shout-out. If you're looking for that unique gift in paranormal book let me mention the names of the four great ones i'm in okay the first one is voices from the chicago graves the second is um encyclopedia of haunted places the third is ghost coast to coast and the fourth one is ursula bielski's our own ursula chicago's ursula bielski's chicago haunts three and uh it's brand new all these you can either you know put in the name on a search on the internet, or especially for the um, Voices from the Chicago Graves, great little book because um, I shouldn't say little. It actually comes with a CD with photos and videos and everything else. So, um, and the rest can be found on Amazon.com. And you have an announcement about Crafty Crafters coming up this summer. That's too. right. This is the uh, New Age or Pagan type craft expo. Uh, all the Crafty Crafters get together and uh, throw this thing. Um, also, oh, fantasy is in there also. And uh, I was talking over the email with the man who runs it, and he was saying that not only is it pagans or Wiccans that craft these things, but people of all faiths are there. So their items really have a lot of 
you know, they cross many religions. So Crafty Crafters is at William Tell Banquet Hall. It's a Holiday Inn there. That's in Countryside, Illinois. It's 6201 Joliet Road. You just take I-55 to exit at East Joliet Road and go two miles to the entrance for the Holiday Inn. It's on the left side of the Joliet Road there. And they're in the banquet hall on the side. The admission is completely free. It's free parking. There are going to be like 35 merchants selling, oh, handcrafted, uh, new age project products and services, gold jewelry, fairy and collectibles, crystals, candles, incense, body stuff. Our favorite Magda will be there with her belly dancing wear and they'll be doing Reiki and massage. You can go to www.craftycraftersexpo.com for more information. Okay. I, I, oh, I December the just... 20th. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't say the day. December the 20th, 10 to 5. Okay. Sorry. And that is a Sunday. Okay. Looking yeah. at my calendar. Um, yeah. I may just wander up there if nothing's going on. So, um, Our upcoming shows, listeners, Tuesday, December 8th, which is the start of our fourth year, are not on Sunday night broadcast. It's going to be uh, a how-to-do tarot and playing card lotto number spreads for entertaining entertaining way to pick your lotto numbers. Okay, so uh, I'll teach everybody how to do that. We'll take calls even on that. Um, and if anybody are, wins, they got to throw us a couple dollars. No, right? no, 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 no. No? Oh, no. they keep all the money for themselves? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. They win. Okay. Buy win, you a uh, beer? No, no, no. This is this is the game plan. And that, <laughs> if they win, and when they yeah. put the mic up to them and say, yeah. "How did you come across your numbers?" Let's say yeah. Shanahan. Oh. I'll worry about the rest yeah, you know, after that. That's, an, that's a good payout. That's a good payback. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> um, then I'll Sunday, December. Money. Yeah, Sunday, December thirteenth. <laughs> it'll be um, our. The show will be the House of Hell. And it's still active in Northwest Illinois. We will be talking to the family that fled the place and the family that is going through hell there now with a demonic entity. Um, so don't miss that show. Um, usually you hear about the demonic presence after the fact. Well, this one is going on at this time. And uh, we will have the past owner and the new person that's living there in uh, on the show. Um, then... Monday, December 21st, which is also the first day of winter. And what's, what is it for the pagan community, Annette? It, it would be Yule. Okay. Or Solstice. Solstice. Mm-hmm. Solstice. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it will be our Not on Sunday Night Broadcast. It's our holiday show. Santa Claus will be calling in. And uh, much more. Um, Annette, come up with one New Year resolution, too, okay, uh, for yourself. All right, and I will come up with one too. So um, maybe we'll even take calls from listeners on that one. We may extend the show another ten minutes that night uh, because Annette's got something she wants to present, and um, and Santa will be on, and who knows what condition Santa will be in if it's anything like last year. Um, Saturday, January ninth, will be uh, will be on next. I'm sure we'll have a um, a a half-hour broadcast before then, but Saturday, January 9th, will be a live broadcast from the House of Hell. When I've pretty much chosen the team, we will go in there, and I'm looking for my first demonic um, encounter. Okay. Um, So that will be a live broadcast on January 9th. Um, Saturday, December 12th, um, we have coming up here, Russell Bielski, I'll be joining the tour. It's going to be the Haunted Archer Avenue and Resurrection Mary Tour with Ursula Bielski. Let's go to hauntedhistoriclocations.com, my website, or edwardshanahan.com. Public readings, I'll be doing Thursday, December 17th, at Cigars and Stripes in Berwyn. I should be able to get Ryan out there. Um, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Done on stage with my readings in the round. No set fee and just a gift offering. So that's no set fees, a gift offering. And it's more of an entertainment type of night than it is uh, doom and gloom. Uh, doom and gloom. Ah, tongue tie. Then finally, Sunday, December 27th, and this at the uh, Haunted Joliet Scott Mansion from 1 to 4 p.m. I'll be doing public readings there. Details for both at edwardshanahan.com. Okay, I think that covers it, Annette. 
That's okay. a lot. Awesome. You got a big schedule coming up, Ben. Yeah, I was looking for a break, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Okay, we want to go with uh, the paranormal cops coming on. And the thing I want to say first to the gentlemen before they get on here, our listeners and that, uh, Blog Talk Radio is making this a featured show tonight um, because of the gentlemen coming on, the officers. The thing is, I did send, send Blog Talk, the Chicago Paranormal Detectives um, logo and that, and that's not the one they put up there. I'm not going to even bother to say who put it, who's they put up there because I don't watch the show. But uh, I will be tuning into these guys because they are right here from Chicago. Let's bring on Ron first. Hello, Ron. Ed, how are you, buddy? How are you doing? Sorry for the delay to getting to you, but I had to take care of business first. So, no uh, problem. I hope you don't mind. Um, and sorry about the um, logo thing with Blog Talk, but if they still get people to tune in, that's great. Um, let me tell the people a little bit about you, Ron. Ron is known as Fabs. The powerhouse of the team. He is often seen with a cigar dangling from his lips. He is fluent in Chicago lingo. Uh, Ron believes that if something happens to defy logic, something else may be taking place. Uh, Ron has been a police officer in the Chicago land area since 1987, and he has had training in many areas, which include field training officer, evidence technician, gang specialist, homicide investigation. Ronnie has also enjoyed many different assignments as well, um, and you are the, basically the founder, I guess, right? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. You are the founder of the Paranormal Detectives, and um, how long have you been doing that, Ryan? How long has it been in existence? I founded an organization in 2003 with uh, oh. some other policemen. And we okay. had a different name at the time. And okay. in 06, we uh, changed the name to Chicago Paranormal Detectives. Okay. Okay. Should I bring on the other gentleman, too, Please right do. now? Please okay. Do. All right, let's go. We're going to go with Tom. And let's see, Tom, on my list here. Da, 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm looking for Tom's number. I got a bunch of them here, but I don't see which one would be his. Um, how about if I just call Pat Luck? Okay. There you go. Let's see who we got. Wheel yeah. of Fortune. <laughs> okay. Let's go right here. Eight four seven five two nine. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hey, yeah, this is Pete. Hi, this Pete. Is Pete. Pete. You there you go. All right. Um, let me go with this one, and maybe this will be um, Tom. Hello, Tom. Is this you? Hello. Yeah, hello. Is that is you, Tom? You? Yeah, it's me. Can you, can you guys okay. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. I can hear you fine. I can Ed was trying I, to be a detective of his own phone panel. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling you yeah, a was... number. That's why I threw you off. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thanks. All right. The, the lady you're listening to, she's Annette. Uh, let me see. Tom. You are the co-founder. Um, you've been in law enforcement in the Chicagoland area since 1990. Um, you've been assigned with the agency as a patrol and tactical officer. You also teach children there um, and great gang resistance education. In addition, you have worked as a crime prevention officer, helping residents reduce the opportunity for crime to occur. Um, you're currently assigned as a criminal investigator. And let's get to Pete. Pete, yes. you're a skeptic of the group, huh? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, okay. A prove it to me kind of guy. <laughs> well, uh, we always, um, I guess individuals always know where they stand with you, it says here, and, uh, and it's difficult to get you worked up. Hmm, very good. Patience. Um, you've been in law enforcement since 2003, and you've worked within the patrol division and has also trained as an evidence technician with experience in forensic. Tell me out somebody. Forensic. 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 Yeah, and, for, yeah, and for most accurate processing of crime scenes. Um, 
So you've been a computer consultant and a bunch of other goodies too. Pete, right. how long have you been with the Chicago Paranormal Detective Team? Uh, I have been with them from 06. Okay, okay. So, and Tom, how long have you been there? About the same. Okay. What brought you guys all together and why? Um, Ron. In 2003, I uh, responded to an on-duty police call at a business, and I had, known, I had known the caller uh, on a professional level, and he was very disturbed by some occurrences taking place at the business that he could not wrap his brain around. And he didn't know who else to call except for the police. Okay. So I went there and I listened to him and he had my ear, you know, I mean, I didn't rush to judge this guy and, uh, you know, listen to what he had to say. And then to satisfy him and myself, I returned off duty with a camcorder, a night vision camcorder, and subsequently filmed the moving shadow, which I could not recreate, I could not explain. I could find no rational explanation no matter what I did. Um, and I didn't expect to capture anything on video as evidence, but I did. And some other cops around the station were kind of curious about, you know, what I was doing and what took place, and they wanted to see it. And uh, lo and behold, some of these guys were, you know, intrigued as I was, and I, I formed an organization. And, uh, again, that was an 03 under a different name. And over the years, you know, some people have come and gone. Um, we've gone through some changes. But uh, the Chicago Paranormal Detectives was the name that I went with in uh, 06. And the current staff, we have seven people. We have uh, another police officer, Austin Weinstock, who will be calling in hopefully soon. Um, we have our medium, Mariah Rame, who is amazing. Um, we have two investigative assistants, Brian Jones and Scott Ziarko. Scott Ziarko is a video expert. Uh, he has his own profession in the video industry. Uh, Brian and Scott and Mariah are not policemen. Um, Brian has a background in, in audio and broadcast, uh, and they assist us in many ways in the investigations. But uh, we have the current staff of seven people uh, now, and we've been together for a while. Great. What did Scott, Ron, what did Scott think about that initial video footage that you had of that shadow? Well, it was prior to knowing Scott. Um, anything that we had obtained on video uh, since we've all been, um, you know, together in this group, you know, he will take and analyze and edit and enhance and do different things. And, you know, of course, oh. our, our main objective is to get to the truth, what is actually occurring here. Again, rather than jump to conclusions and things like that. So he's very good at, uh, you know, his profession, uh, fine-tuning things to try and remove, you know, any uh, doubt or, uh, you know, things that could contribute to contaminating things to make it look like something it's yeah. not. Weather or dust or something. Okay. Terrific. Bugs, dust, anything, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you guys ever butt heads? I mean, you got Pete, who's the skeptic, working with a psychic, uh, and working with, you know, at least majority of the police officers that believe. Do you guys ever butt heads as far as what's fact and what's not, or what can be and what may not be? Tom, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, us being coming from a law enforcement background, um, we have to work as a team. And whether or not you disagree with somebody on the street, um, uh, teamwork is very important, and I think we uh, we take that same uh, philosophy into paranormal investigating, and we work as a team. And if we disagree with something, we we get together with the team as a team, and we uh, come up with a logical conclusion. Uh, but no, I, I don't think we we do a lot of button heads. We um, from the get go, we really uh, we really jive together. Wonderful. Pete, do you guys? Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead, Go ahead. Pete, do you kind of keep everybody in balance then by being the um, skeptic in the group, do you feel? You know, I try to, and at the same time, I try and make sure that I keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and just because I can't explain something doesn't mean that it can't be explained. 
But at the same time, you know, if I'm not able to explain it when we're doing an investigation, you know, I, I am open to, you know, the possibility that there is some type of paranormal activity. Then let me ask you, do you believe that there is such a thing as paranormal or do you still go by um, or do you go by the uh, Amazing Randy's type of view? Well, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to, to say. I, I truly believe that there, there's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, with the background in the computers and, you know, the collection of evidence as an evidence technician, you know, I tend to view things from a very logical and, you know, black and white type of scenario. You know, there, there has to be a reason or an explanation for everything that occurs. Um, I have had experiences that I cannot explain. Um, we've done investigations that, you know, I've seen things and, and witnessed things that, you know, I cannot wrap my brain around. Um, but at the same time, it's not, I would not classify it as completely 100% paranormal activity. I, I'm more of the type where... I would need somebody to come up and basically give me a crack on the head and say, yo, stupid, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Careful what you ask for, Pete. <laughs> well, I've been asking and nobody's taking me up on it yet. So, <laughs> My friend Ed has a similar thing going on with him. <laughs> Always on the lookout. <laughs> um, gentlemen, what would you say is the percentage when you go on an investigation? What's the percentage of can't explain it versus explainable? Uh, surprisingly, uh, I would have to say it's a little higher than I would have guessed where we uh, come up with some things, be it EVPs, uh, significant temperature drops, um, intelligent interaction with EMF detectors. Uh, you know, we do, we have had cases where we can come up with and show why something's fraudulent. Something is not as it appears. Uh, you know, children claiming, you know, that uh, something else was going on in their bedroom while it was really, the, you know, a little kid damaging their, their walls and so on and so forth. But um, as far as paranormal claims, you know, there are also those that we come up with, you know, and we just don't have anything. There's nothing going oh. on. And, you know, when you, when you do the math and you take into consideration if we're in somebody's house eight hours, uh, you know, in comparison to how long those people that live there are there, you know, we're there for a very small fraction of, of, of time, so we're not saying nothing ever happens. We're just saying while we were there, nothing happened. Yeah, and I think it's reasonable to assume that if there is paranormal activity going on, that it kind of attaches itself and knows the difference between your team and the the family that lives there 24/7. It, it, it may, it may. You know, I mean, yeah. again, we you know we in, we investigate the unknown. There are no known limits. There's no rule book. Uh, there's no certification. There's no licensing. It's you know, everybody try their own methods, try their own way, and see what you get. Right. You said what, that a part of your team uh, was Mariah, who is a feeler or a psychic, per se. Mariah is a is a full time medium. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we we use her in a sense as a polygraph machine. Right. Not to make it sound bad, but she's she's another tool in our toolbox. Yeah. Um, you know, if she says, you know, the Easter Bunny is standing next to you, that's wonderful and great, but we need something recordable to corroborate what she is saying. Um, we can't take things, you know, we can't just take, uh, take it and run with it. If she says somebody's here or somebody's there or this person's saying this or that person's saying that, we mm-hmm. need something that we can document and record to substantiate these things. Now, even when we don't have that, we have found that later on in an investigation when we're doing our follow-up portions and things like this, some things that Mariah had, may have said earlier uh, when we connect the dots, you know, it helps connect the dots, you know, it may be pertinent later on. But um, in order to take into consideration the things that Mariah tells us, we need something recordable, some form of documentation to substantiate those statements she makes. Terrific. Okay. Does okay, Mariah ever help you in your everyday detective work? Because I know sometimes psychics can do that as well. Well, Tom can tell you a story about that. Tom, how about it? You know, she has. Um, I handled a uh, missing person case where uh, I, I kind of came to a dead end and didn't know where this kid was. And uh, 
this kid had uh, suicide notes for people before, and they feared that he was dead. And uh, since we came to a dead end, I gave Mariah a call, and I said, what do you see? And Mariah gave me some incredible information that I was able to uh, to pass on uh, to other investigators and the family, and we were able to find this kid. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, he was um, he was uh, intoxicated on drugs, and uh, was not, was not anywhere near death, but he was far away from home, and uh, and she really did uh, provide a helping hand in that investigation. Awesome! Now that's what I wanted to hear. Terrific. <laughs> uh, listeners, let me cut in on that. Listeners, uh, our chat board is up now. We have. Chicago Paranormal Detectives on the show on our show tonight, and there of the new show, Paranormal Cops on A and E, coming on the air. Gentlemen, what or officers, gentlemen, what draws you to go to a place? I mean, we take any type of calls, or you know, or we take a call that says, "I think my house is haunted," or what? What type of cases will you go on compared to what you won't go on? Um, we, we look for people who are in an immediate need. There's some form of exigence. Uh, people that say, you know what, I'm just a little curious. You want to come by and take a look? We, you know, that, that's well and good and fine, but it's very hard for us to coordinate our schedules, for all of us to get together. Mariah mm-hmm. lives three and a half hours away, uh, you know, out near the Mississippi River. Uh, we all work rotating shifts and rotating days off. So we respond to calls where there is some form of high stakes where someone is requesting us, please come help. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm considering leaving my job. I'm considering moving out of this house. My family is split. Uh, we do those types of cases. If it's, you know, we don't do self-initiated, you know, hi, can we come and check out your building for a night? We don't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, again, if there's a, an immediate need, high stakes, someone's in peril, uh, significant jeopardy, help. we'll take a look. Okay. And what's the next? Do you determine before you go, you know, are the people of right mind or, you know, is there maybe more mental issues you going want, on? You want, you want to take that one, Pete? Oh, well, you know, we we try to... We do a preliminary sit-down with uh, whoever may request an investigation by us. Um, and we try and cover all the bases. You know, we'll, we'll ask about personal habits, environment, you know, medications, because those could all be factors uh, in what someone is experiencing. For example, I did a preliminary sit-down, and uh, the people told me that, you know, they would come home from work, and all their pictures would be thrown off the walls, uh, things that were on their dressers and that would be knocked over, and they had no explanation for it. And in looking at the environment, 100 yards away was a strip mine where they dynamited twice a month. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I mean, things like uh-huh. that were, 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 you know, there's no paranormal activity. It's, you know, the, the guy using blasting caps that's causing all this. Um, so we always, you know, want to do that first and foremost. Um, and sometimes it may be a couple of times we'll go and uh, visit with people and, and see, you know, and, and, you know, see exactly what they're experiencing, um, what they're feeling, and look at the surroundings and, and see what they're dealing with. And it may be that we can't help them, that we can't do an investigation based upon what we hear, you know, during these sit-downs. Um, and whenever that's the case, you know, we try and offer some type of assistance, but we let them know that, you know, this really isn't something that uh, we'd be able to investigate for you. And if, if, if I might add, like, you know, what Pete says is completely accurate there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, like he, the example he gave of the, the, these people lived by a, a, a strip mine or whatever. Yeah. That's not to say that we can conclusively say that's why these pictures are falling off your walls. But there's a thing that we, a term that we use in law enforcement, reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And if there's reasonable doubt, and it seems to be apparent that that's a contributing factor, we kind of walk away from things like that. Now, yeah. our criteria is our criteria, but we will refer 
or advise people, there are other groups that do this in Chicagoland mm-hmm. that don't have the same criteria. And you can take a look, and there, there's numerous ones. Um, right. You know, I mean, we have spoken with some of them and, you know, on, on occasion, you know, networked with many of them. And, uh, you know, we will refer anybody somewhere else if, uh, you know, they're not really, let's say, quote-unquote, meeting our criteria. Yeah, I definitely can respect that. Definitely can respect that because I get... We don't want to leave anybody, you know, we don't want to just walk out on anybody or say, oh, there's nothing we can do for you. See you later. We don't do that. Right. You're crazy. It's not real. I'm out of here. There's a nice way and a diplomatic way of, you know, getting your message across. Well, there was a little case that you and I talked about, Ron, that, you know, basically um, we crossed the same path, um, you later than me, and uh, basically, and I asked you about that tonight, and basically, yeah, basically we somewhat confirmed, um, you know, what I thought, and, you know, you and I basically came up with the same thing, maybe a different, a little bit of a different scenario, but yet... Here's a person that basically wanted more to be there than what actually was there, and it's like, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and again, that that's an opinion as far as that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tom, we were, we were talking earlier, uh, Ed and I. Uh, you know, I'm just going to shoot a, a, a Burbank. Ed had visited Burbank prior to us going there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you recall that, Tom? I do. Yeah. And uh, I, I did advise that. I mean, he picked up on things there. I told him we did record things there, uh, significant things, actually. Nothing malevolent, nothing negative, you know, nothing harmful, nothing, uh, you know, only uh, things that were common and known to the complainant. But if I remember right... If I remember right, the basement of that particular residence, right. um, the EMF mm-hmm. was just off the chart. Oh yeah, we recorded that. Remember yeah, several yeah. different and the temperature. Right. Yeah, and, and I. And I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I was like I told Ron is Tom is that you know I I I, I picked up a child down there da da da, um, but like Ron said, I told the individual nothing negative, you know, at all, nothing to be you know. And uh, a couple of days later, she calls me and gave me a scenario and says, well, I'm going to call basically you guys, Chicago Paranormal Detectives. I said, fine, I'm not going to change my story. And uh, pretty much you guys came up with the same scenario, you know, um, of feelings of what was down there. And uh, so... I was happy to hear that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'm not doubting that there was a um, uh, a spirit presence in the in the uh, residence. But mm-hmm. if I remember right, we were down in that basement, and there was a city water pipe that came through, that was visible in the basement. And the um, for some reason or another, the EMF was just off the chart. And uh, you know, as you know, Ed, and maybe some of your listeners will know that. Um, high EMF can cause you to hallucinate, uh, see things that aren't there, um, have uneasy feelings, feeling sick. Um, and I was uh, I was curious to see if, if this uh, particular individual had felt those types of things down there, and, and that person had. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, again, separately from that, when we were away from that, we had three separate occasions. We were, we were I mean, we'd sit in the pitch black darkness with nothing for 40 minutes. And then suddenly the temperature got cold and our EMF detectors went off and Mariah started telling us there were people there. And then she would say they're leaving now and the temperature went up and the right. EMF detectors went up, which stopped being activated. And that happened three different times. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and see, again, there's things that are recorded there rather than, you know, it's very hard for us when people contact us and say, I feel like somebody's watching me. I feel a heaviness. I'm mm-hmm. having strange dreams. We can't record any of this. Right. Because it can't be recorded. There's no evidence. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, it's very hard to help people like that. And, you know, again, we will refer them to talk to maybe Mariah on a one-on-one basis. Um, okay. or, or Or maybe even another organization aside from us. But, uh, you know, you can't record feelings. 
Right. Let's go talking about the new show, gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, on A&E, Paranormal Cops. What is this all about? Tom, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, well, I mean, the difference between uh, our television show and others is that, um, you know, we're cops, and we are trained professionals who know how to conduct an investigation as police officers, and not trying to discredit other paranormal investigators because right. they all have uh, um, attributes that they bring to the table. But, um, you know, we do investigating as a living, for a living. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what we do is... Uh, um, each and every location is searched. The uh, exits and entrances are are sealed with evidence tape. We do this to make sure that nobody other than our group is in the environment. And then we uh, we go through our investigation and we get collecting evidence for later review. But um, the television show follows the Chicago Paranormal Detectives in our investigations, and that's uh, that's what the show is all about. Okay. Is it you guys... How 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 do you, how do you put a show together? Is it you know do you get a do you get a call? Do you predetermine a place and the camera crew follows you out there, or what happens on the show? Well, it's filmed much like a documentary where um, they follow us through an investigation. Um, you know, there will be several days when we conduct our investigations where we do interviews um, and follow up interviews, but. Um, it's pretty much film documentary style, where they follow us through uh, the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a, it's been a little tricky with the camera crew and the, the sound guys, teaching them how to be quiet yeah. and to respect the fact that we're conducting an investigation and any noises that are made in the environment are part of the evidence. But um, I have to say, working with um, the the crew from uh, the production company and the producers, uh, they respected that and uh, and we work well with them. Good, good. Is there any date set yet for this uh, be here? We are uh, we are told that the the release date will be uh, announced soon, like uh, okay. very soon that they're going to come out with that publicly. Okay. How many how many segments did you guys take for the first year? Uh, we have completed six so far, uh, full okay. episodes. They're all in Chicago land. Um, are they private residents or public places? A mixture. Can you name any of the public places? Wow, Tom, what do you think here? Pete, what do you think? <laughs> I, I would say uh, you'll you'll find out when you see the show. Okay. <laughs> well, you know well, what? You'd I, want I to hype be... up the show a little bit and give some of the famous ones we may have heard of. Well, here I can be generic for you. We did. Uh, we investigated a firehouse in the south suburbs where firemen uh, were reporting seeing an apparition in their training area. Uh, cool. We did a college in the north suburbs uh, that was uh, an excellent atmosphere to do an investigation in, uh, a banquet hall in the southwest suburbs, a, uh, a bar under renovation in the, the southwest suburbs, a um, speakeasy with underground tunnels, um, secret passageways, a former mobster hangout where people were murdered and tortured. Uh, that is going to be our season premiere episode and. uh I think most of us will agree that uh, it was probably uh, one of the um, one of the most frightening environments we've all been in. And then uh, we did a home in the far northwest suburbs. Okay, I think I could the public places. I think I could almost pinpoint which ones you're talking about. <laughs> but don't do it did, to them, Ed. <laughs> no, I won't do that. No. We will. Good. We will tune in. I will tune That's in to right. see if I tuned in to what they were talking about. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, hmm, small world. Uh, <laughs> guys, um, we got a caller. You want to wanna see? You want to take a call, gentlemen? Sure, sure. Thank sure. you, Austin. Okay. Uh, caller 217, area code 217347. Hello. Hey, it's Austin Weinstock. How are you? Oh, hello, Austin. <laughs> Okay. That's a far cry from 847. Yeah. <laughs> How's everything going, guys? Are you traveling or what? Welcome, Austin. Yeah. yeah, I'm traveling. I, I apologize. I called in a little delayed. I appreciate you taking my call. No problem. Well, no your, problem. What's your question, Austin? You better have well, a question. You know what? I, I got a question. You know, what's the scariest scariest place that Tom's been? <laughs> Ooh. 
I, you know what? I knew he'd ask that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually let me to answer that or not? Why don't you talk yes. about it? You haven't said anything. My, you, my scariest place? Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure you guys have heard of the Mike McPike Mansion in Alton, Illinois. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went down there. Uh, it's been over ten years now. With uh, I was down there for a police conference and uh, got permission from the owner of that mansion to go down and uh, do an investigation. She uh, accompanied us, and I was down there with uh, five cops. And uh, it was more of a historic uh, tour of the house, uh, but then she. Uh, took us down to the basement where people have seen apparitions. Uh, they've seen an un- unusual mist that floats around the uh, basement area. And we all, uh, the five of us cops, picked an area to stand in. And uh, we went lights out and held hands and uh, turned our flashlights off. And uh, the owner of the building began to call out to the spirit that was in that basement. And um, I have to say, uh, for me, it was an eye-opener because uh, myself and uh, three other officers all witnessed an apparition uh, dancing in front of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget it. And uh, the fact that we all witnessed the same thing, it wasn't uh, trickery because we, uh, we chose the spot to stand in, and uh, we had all, all uh, witnessed the same thing. Wow. Great. That, that's, that's and you were fearful of the apparition? Yeah, I wasn't was at scary. all. In fact, okay. when I acknowledged that there was something dancing in the middle of all of us, yeah. um, the apparition came very close to my face, but it wasn't mm-hmm. frightening at all. It was um, okay. it was almost as if uh, it was a female, almost as if she were ballerina dancing in the middle of us. Wow. Okay. I That's a great it. story. I'm glad you uh, told it. it. Yeah, it's great. It is great. I, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I happened to walk in on my mother-in-law changing in our bedroom when she was over for a while. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> now that was scary, right? <laughs> Worst crime scene of all. <laughs> Gentlemen, why do you think that it is that police make good paranormal investigators? Well, yeah, we all have a little bit of Pete Slyke. Uh, we are born skeptics. Um, we are prove-it-to-us kind of people, all of us. Um, evidence is required to make a point. Uh, every day, you know, we are lied to by criminals and victims, actually. Um, so we're always, you know, in doubt until you can prove it to me type of thing. And that's not to say that we become over-analytical and dismiss everything. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we understand the, preserva- the preservation of, of a scene to eliminate potential contamination. We understand this. We understand uh, uh, evidence collection. Pete is an evidence technician. He's a very good evidence technician. Uh, even uh, if nothing over the top or extraordinary occurs during an investigation, when we are done, we take our digital audio recorders, we take our uh, handheld camcorders and everything, and we seal them in evidence bags, and we have a chain of custody, much like sealed evidence in a crime scene, uh, be it Hmm. blood, drugs, or whatever, in order to maintain the integrity, in order to maintain the the level of integrity that we are all used to dealing with. We are all very used to being public servants. It's our profession. We're all very used to being held accountable for everything we say and do. We're aware of that. Uh, We are uh, aware of being in the public eye. We are very familiar with... Uh, you know, being chastised if we do or say something wrong. So each time that happens, you know, you, you, you up your game a bit. With the four policemen, we have over a half a century of law enforcement experience. And that's not to say we never make mistakes. We're human beings, of course. But, mm-hmm. again, we have to present evidence in court. We have to testify in court on a daily basis. We take <clears throat> a career risk by every investigation we do. We, we, we put our careers on the line, and your credibility and your integrity in this line of work is absolutely everything. Okay. Yeah, because you got the mixture of your profession in this, too. So. Absolutely. Ouch. Yeah. Absolutely. Ouch. Um, Are there certain guidelines that... and rules that you have to follow in order to maintain your status as a police officer and duty? You know what I mean? We don't reveal the exact towns where we're cops at. We stay Chicagoland which is okay. completely legitimate, which is completely okay. accurate. 
Um, we, we give our true identities. We give our uh, true job descriptions. Um, uh -huh. There is absolutely nothing that can be or would even be thought to be uh, anything less than 100% accurate. Um, okay. These aren't these aren't things that uh, we are able to dabble with, and we're not interested in that. I'm just curious so, if the force says, Ron, you know, don't do this, this, or this while you're doing your investigations, or when you explain it for the show on television, don't do this, this, or this. If there, I don't know, keeping, our, keeping our exact agencies out of the uh, uh, out of the uh, out picture, of your titles. Okay, mm -hmm. that's pretty easy then. Okay. Yeah. Right. And you guys do follow a code of conduct, I'm sure, um, both in your public and personal life. So, um, because I met you, gentlemen, I really enjoyed you. We, uh, Annette, I came across the officers at uh, Ursula Bielski's Chicago Ghost Conference in oh, October. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they were a great group of guys. They really were, and uh, I liked them. Um, yeah, and uh, me and Ron get along pretty good too. Um, he had some good laughs before uh, <laughs> before he came on the air. Um, I bet you feel real safe with them too. <laughs> so I would. I feel safe right now. <laughs> I think that'd be a good party. Tell you the truth. Uh, awesome, awesome. You know, most most cops are, anyways. Um, the thing, um, the thing that I like about what they do, gentlemen. I used to be a. I did a, a, a time with. Um, is with a detective agency in Chicago Heights for a while. And when I do come across investigators, I take what I had to do as a uh, investigator with, uh, you know, keeping notes, keeping track, keeping that, et cetera, et cetera, um, because I did insurance frauds. Um, so I kind of base when I see, quote, investigators, um, how they, you know, how they actually keep track and records and everything. And there ain't too many people that fall under um, the, what I would say, investigation type of protocol, you know. And uh, so I'm kind of happy to see a group of you guys doing what you're doing. And, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah. And the facts would be there for the, uh, for the client, I guess you could call it, um, come out. Hey, speaking of things, have you guys – Ever experienced anything you would call demonic? Austin, you want to jump in here? Uh, I think that uh, in terms of a demonic force, uh, no, we have not uh, felt as though anything was absolutely demonic where we were in fear of life. Um, however, uh, we have heard, uh, actually with our physical ear at times, um, some interesting, I'll say growling or animalistic sounds that uh, will definitely kind of lean you towards it's not the average Sunday choir singer. Um, however, again, I, I don't think we've we've come across anything demonic. Okay. Okay. I'm supposed to be going to a place on November 9th, or January 9th. We're going to be doing a live broadcast from there. And I've never come across anything demonic in the past. Uh, people thought I was going to raise it at the Velisca X murder house. But I still, what I would consider de demonic. Um, but allegedly, by all accounts, this house is still very active with what the previous owner that fled from the house and uh, people who are living there now are calling uh, a demon presence. Once we do that, and if we pick up anything, I may turn you guys on to it too, if you're interested. So. Sure. But yeah, I hold a... Uh, yeah, I hold a lot. I it would take a lot for me to claim it to be de demonic, considering all I've experienced. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it would a lot for us too. You know, a lot of people come to these conclusions based on mythology and old uh, drawings and theories and speculation, yeah. and this means yeah. that and interpretation. And we're very simple. Mm -hmm. If you're a demon, show up here. Show me your mm -hmm. Illinois driver's license issued by Jesse White that says, mm -hmm. Hi, I'm a demon, and it better mm -hmm. be valid, not expired. And then we want to fingerprint you and confirm your demon status by way of your fingerprints. And then maybe I'll listen to you. Okay. But, you know, people <laughs> people saying, you know, <laughs> there's a demon because of this, that, and the other thing. You know, there's a 
somebody with a you know uh, hooves and uh, you know we we can't confirm anything like that unless of course we have something like that on film and it's yeah. beyond extraordinary. Well, we're gonna bring uh, we're gonna bring an investigation team out there, and I told you how I um, you know how I look at a team, so I handpicked them. Ursula sure. Bielski's gonna be coming with. Um, I'm bringing another feeler, and I'm gonna do my damnest to bring this thing, you know, make its presence. And we're gonna have its we're gonna have the lady that owned the house previously on uh, December 13th, and she's gonna be talking about it. And so will the people that are living there now. Uh, we got another caller. You wanna take a shot at it? We only got nine sure. minutes left. You know what? Before you take the caller, I just wanted to ask you a question, if I could. Ed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you do any kind of prayer or protection? No. Prior to or no. afterward? No. No. And I'll tell you why, okay? Um, Annette knows the story. I I do uh, was doing a thing um, that I call a circle of energy. Annette's actually seen it happen. Um, seen it a few times. And I would always have a, what I would call a witch, uh, a pagan type of witch, on my left side. And they went through the ritual of protection and stuff like that. Well, they were always hit the hardest, okay? And I'm like, you know, one lady, actually, Deanna, and she used to be one of the co-hosts on the show with me and Annette, was really hit a few times. And we had a discussion about it, and it dawned on me. And I go to her, I go, you're going through this ritual of protection, okay, elaborate, and I don't do nothing, and I'm never hit. I go, okay. do you think the fact is you're going to the spiritual, you're telling the spiritual side or whatever there, I'm more powerful than you? And they're looking at you and going, oh, you think so? Okay. So that's basically the only the only thing I can say it is, is that, number one, nobody's more powerful than the spiritual side. And when you think you are, they may show you the, you know, um, um, that you're not. And uh, I never use protection. Never have all this time. I, I've been, if Aliska was a couple times uh, hurt, but still nothing that I would say, oh, I'll never do this again. <laughs> okay. Um, it kind of actually draw, drives me then even tougher. Uh, because if Aliska, I tear, tapped into the uh, murderer, the killer, and uh, that's when people thought there was going to be a denet demonic presence and uh yeah i just basically try to agitate it then um yeah but no i've never used it's a dead bad guy yeah so why do you ask well i mean uh uh tom you know we'll say a few words at the beginning uh, of each one of our cases we all hold hands and uh just you know it's something probably more uh self-comforting for us don't know if it does anything actually, but it gives us peace of mind, so to speak. Yeah, and it's something I, I, we know, do uh, routinely. The way I look I at it is whatever works for the individuals, okay. And if they are hit, like the people on my left usually are, um, that go through a ritual, then I'll, you know, then I'll explain, you know, my feelings about it. Um, my belief is I believe so much in my higher power and I'm protected and good will prevail over evil. Um, it may get its butt kicked in the process, but it will eventually prevail. Um, I put all my trust in my spirit guides, which are my first level. I call spirit guides your first level of loved ones who passed away and um, my higher power. So maybe there is a self-conscious type of protection Anyways, because I walk in there feeling I'm protected. You know, and just to, if I could just add, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we all we all have our own higher power, right. and uh, and you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you do believe that there is some some evil out there, and I believe that there is too. But I I think most of the energy that we've encountered. Um, is not evil energy. It's the stuff that is evil that, that I don't necessarily fear. I just don't want to bring any of it home with me or have any of it right. affect me. And and it's a comfort level for us to uh, uh, to pray to God, to ask for protection. 
mm-hmm. and to protect us uh, before and after each and every investigation. That if that's you know I can't I can't debate that. I mean right. you know it's your feelings and uh, I've met evil in the living out in yeah. near Gurney. We all have. Um, <laughs> well, I mean somebody that actually worshipped it and proved it to me by putting a uh, a slit in the middle of my palm without even being near me that required four stitches. Okay, this uh, this was a living individual, and um, I was drawn to him um, falsely to come out there, and uh, dude proved what he was, and it was like not in my head is mutual respect because good needs, you know, you need a balance of good and evil anyways in this world. Um, so let's get to the caller. We've got four minutes left, okay? Sure. All right. 719238, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I just got a quick question. Um, I grew up in the Chicago area, not there anymore, but I was wondering if uh, those, the paranormal cops have investigated anything related to the uh, area where that DC-10 that took off from O'Hara uh, went down. You know, I know I know the debris and the bodies were spread out a, you know, quite a, quite a distance, and just wonder if there's any kind of, like, residual hauntings, energy, anything that you were got involved with, um, because of that crash. I don't know if any of you were around then. Oh, yeah. we, we were all around then. We're not getting all that young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, when you when guys weren't around then? I remember, uh, I remember walking home from school and seeing the, uh, seeing the smoke from that plane going down and thought that uh, my school was on fire. Um, you know, I talked to a couple of... Uh, uh, Chicago police officers that work over in the canine area, uh, the canine training area, which is uh, literally 50, 75 feet away from where the plane went down. And uh, and they have told me that they have heard reports of people seeing uh, apparitions out there, hearing voices. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you have that much loss of life in one particular area. Uh, you can only imagine that there's got to be some type of energy there. Yeah, I mean, there are documented stories, Tom. Uh, you know, there was a trailer court right there. I think uh, when the plane went down, one person on the ground died as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people had experienced people knocking on their front doors in the trailer houses and uh, numerous people, and they'd go there, and there's there's nobody there. But uh, as far as investigating something like that, you know, it's an outside scene, and you can't secure it. And, you know, you talk about added noise, and, uh, you know, bugs and pollen and rain and dust. And it's not, we, we wouldn't be able to conduct an investigation in, in such an unsecure environment for us as, an, as CPD as a whole. But, uh, you know, if there's a complainant who is experiencing something that, again, is something they can't deal with, uh, we, we will sit and talk with them. But to go and self-initiate something like that, and especially it being an outside area, that's nothing that we've done. Okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing the show. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank, thank you for calling in. Bye-bye. Thank you. Officers, we have one minute left. I would like to thank Ron. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very oh, much yes, for sir. coming on. Tom, thank you for your input. Yeah, thank you very much. Can I real quick add uh, that you can go to our website at ChicagoParanormalDetectives.com and view our trailer for the show. Okay, good. ChicagoParanormalDetectives.com. Um, yeah, and you could see the bio on the officers and everything else and all those involved. Austin, thank you for calling in. Sorry I didn't tap into your number earlier. I was looking for something else. but uh, Absolutely okay. I, I apologize for the delayed call, and thank you. That's okay. That's all right. Gentlemen, you were great. You were really great. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you thank very you much. Yeah, and we're looking forward to the show. Be careful and, uh, out there. Listeners, we will, yes, be careful out there in your real profession, okay? Yeah, uh, this, absolutely. Yeah, be careful out there on the force. All right, it's getting goofier. Um, December 8th, remember, our Not On Sunday Night broadcast will be on at 8 o'clock and the start of our fourth year. Officers, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Thank you. Um, the results on the chat board, the people are looking forward to the show. They love this show. They thought it was great. And um, I think you guys, they're 
they're, they say having a background in law enforcement can be beneficial with the trust factor. Everything that you guys said that people agree with. So Real quick, Ed, good. if I could, we lost four Five. brothers today. We lost four brothers today in Washington State. Four policemen were executed by a coward today while they sat and had coffee in the oh, state of no. Washington. So if everybody Sorry can keep their that. families in their minds and their prayers. Our prayers go out to them. Sad day in law enforcement. Okay. Annette, I'll call you in a couple minutes. Listeners, thank you. Officers, thank you. Everybody, good night. Ed, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.